Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday matinee to you, uh, Steve. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I, uh, how you doing? I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time. It's, I, yeah, I, it's been good. Yeah, I, I did the last week with Andy, and then we just, uh, a couple nights ago, recorded the trailer rewind for Raw, and, uh, man, he's, he's got, like, what hundreds of hours of of stuff he's recorded this week and he's editing yes. he's just yeah so i i am actually feeling okay about giving him a break on the saturdays rather than giving him a hard time knowing that he's got this whole like marvel movie minute nightmare that he's just <laughs> taken on i'm sure so, he loves it when you refer to his new property as the nightmare <laughs> i He's having a good time with it, and so best best wishes with yeah. with that to see how that goes. So yeah, it no, has it's been really fun. I, it's uh, been really fun, and I uh, I have been on most of them, uh, but not uh, some of the very recent ones that he's editing. So you, you'll hear a lot of me in the first dozen or so, and then I drop out, and then I come back, and and uh, so. But he's you know this is uh, it it's been really fun, kind of. Uh, unraveling these first few minutes of Iron Man uh, and and looking at it sort of with this level of of uh, 
kind of microscope, you know, um, it's it's fun and the visual touches and the the you know crazy screen grabs that I've been grabbing as we watch this these minutes frame by frame that I just <laughs> never noticed that yeah. are are works of art, you know, in in terms of some of the best stuff comes out of these weird montages, the surgery montage and the the torture montage. I mean, there's just amazing visual work going on in these little little sequences that have been really fun and the guests have been great. Um, uh, you know, people who are who are really you know excited to talk about this stuff. So I can't wait for it to actually launch um, and and release. I don't know when that is going to um, when that's going to happen. But from, from uh, Andy, it sounds like 2019. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> since it's a daily thing, I mean, it's going to be a new oh, feed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it won't oh, be wow. we won't be filling the the next real feed. It it will be a new feed that you'll have to subscribe to. But it, because it's daily, I think the the real intention is to make sure that we have enough in the catalog because we're going to burn through them really oh. fast. Oh yeah. Um. So. Uh, it's good. I we also in terms of shameless plug, I have two shameless plugs. Can I can I plug? Yeah. Briefly. Sure. Do you, yeah. do you do you mind if I take the floor? The first one is another movie minute that Andy and I did, which is Dave uh, makes a minute. Dave, Dave makes a minute. Dave makes a maze. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? No, I have not. I, he was telling me about it, and the the sort of odd way that one sort of came together, it was like a surprise movie, like nobody knew what the movie was going to be and you guys got thrown some some minutes to to watch out of this thing about a guy that builds a <laughs> maze out of like cardboard boxes in his house and yeah goes into yeah. another dimension or something That's... i don't know yeah <laughs> it's it is it's really fun the podcast idea is it, actually from one of the guests on on the show that uh, on the our Marvel movie minute actually had this idea Robert Black I, I think it was just Robert Black I'm not sure if uh, what other people uh, were involved in this thing but the the whole idea is that uh, you just throw out random minutes to a bunch of podcasters and just say hey you're gonna do minute 7 19 and 64 and i don't care if you've ever seen the movie just watch this watch these minutes and record yourselves sort of decompressing uh, or deconstructing these minutes and then we're going to release them in order and as it turns out because of the nature of this movie very few few people had seen it uh andy had seen it i had not uh, and so it was a really interesting conversation of andy i think essentially trying not to spoil it for me you know, as we kind of noticed all of the stuff going on in each of these movies, the movie is, as you say, I mean, it's about a guy uh, who, you know, this woman comes home after a trip and she walks into her living room and there's a maze, uh, a cardboard box fort uh, that that is going on. And you just have to kind of figure out what is going on with this cardboard fort. Uh, and I have since I, I kind of fell in love with the concept after we recorded these minutes and so I have since purchased the movie and I have I've only watched the first 15 minutes, um, but uh, with my son. Uh, but apparently it it gets to the point where I might not want to watch it with my son. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to I've been warned. <laughs> so, okay. so I may have to back off of that plan. But the podcast, the whole point of this is Dave Made a Minute podcast has launched. And I'm telling you, it's really fun. And it's fun for a couple of reasons, even if you're not into the movie by minute thing it's fun because you're being introduced to a whole bunch of podcasters that aren't us a whole bunch of podcasters and their personalities and they all have their own podcasts and hearing how they interact with this content that is completely new to them i'm finding enormously entertaining i'd want to listen to these people talk about anything uh because they're just entertaining people and the fact that they're talking about this movie that is generally foreign to them is delightful so that that's the first one the podcast is launched our first minute has already dropped and the others are coming in subsequent weeks so really fun little experimental podcast if you're into that super fun and the other one is uh friends in your ears uh podcast uh which is a podcast on the incomparable network hosted by the inimitable kathy campbell in which she interviews uh podcasters about their favorite podcasts and how they got into podcasting and oh. she always does it as a three-way conversation. And so it's going to be uh, her and two other people that do not generally work together. And in my case, don't even know each other. Uh, I was just interviewed on episode 18 with Nikki Groom, who is 
delightful. Uh, and she's also, uh, she has a great story about Muay Thai kickboxing that you have to hear to believe she's wonderful. And uh, so it was a great experience. So uh, thanks to Kathy Campbell for uh, putting me on the show with Nikki. We had a great conversation. And so that's at theincomparable.com. Look for friends in your ears. And uh, if you're, if you're, it really is, I mean, if you're a podcast fan, then, you know, you'll, you'll like it. It doesn't really matter, you know, what anybody on this show talks about. So uh, there are, I, I have to say, like, I was super honored because I, I love all of the people who have come before. I'm a big fan of. So episodes one through 17, that's my jam. The fact that I'm included on this list, it's amazing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to be. Uh, on there it was it was quite an honor so uh, and andy is also scheduled to be on the show in the next month or so so yeah uh, it was really funny as we're talking about this we ended the show and then realized that kathy the host lives you know not even a highway exit away from me oh wow and we That's... we did not know that when we started recording the show so it was an amusing discovery it's a small world in podcast land that's the truth yes. that is the truth so uh that's it plug over yeah let's talk about let's talk about movies okay i have some news oh do tell all right so there are a couple things that caught my eye Steve made a maze (laughs) yes so first (laughs) because you know connecting off of the the marvel thing i don't know if you heard uh because i'm way not caught up on my tv particularly when it comes to the marvel series on netflix but iron fist is canceled after season two netflix has canceled (sighs) Iron Fist. So no more Iron Fist on Netflix. So I don't know what that means for Defenders and moving things forward, but I was not surprised. I never made it all the way through season one. It just didn't grab me the way that Daredevil did and Jessica Jones. Uh, But this is, I think, maybe the first maybe stumble in the the marvel world there of uh, a show oh, no, no, no. oh no 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 oh no i'm sorry or the inhumans <laughs> that's true. well i guess there was that agent carter but this was one that i figured netflix you know things things it's it's a different world out there it's not network tv relying on yeah. advertising and there's always speculation about how you know, what is the viewership of some of these shows? And that's all hidden information. So this is sort of the first crack in the the Netflix Marvel armor there of, for whatever reason, they're not going to be continuing Iron Fist. Okay, let me ask you. Yes. If you were to compare Danny Rand with the other three, right? Yes. Uh, that are on these. How would you characterize? Because for me, I can't come up with the words to describe how he as a character is is different uh but for some reason this is a one of these things is not like the other kind of experience i don't know if it's i i i think that um you know the the actor uh, finn jones is is a a fine and talented actor and i think he did uh his best with the character but for some reason i i'm with you i was not able to to connect with danny rand as much as I have been the other three characters on these Netflix uh, properties. Well, it's, it's sort of the Bruce Wayne problem of how do you identify with, you know, a wealthy billionaire? Uh, you know, so it's everybody else, it's you. there's some struggle that you can identify. Here's somebody that's got something against them that they've that they're working against. It's like. Danny's like, oh, we thought you were dead. Now you're back. And, oh, we don't know if you who you are, if you really are who you say you are. But, oh, well, yes, you are. You've got billions of dollars. You own this company. So really, what's it's like first world problems with him. It's like, oh, poor Danny. You know, it's hard to mm-hmm. sympathize. I think I, I, to put that story together is, is very different when you've got, oh, I'm a blind attorney that's, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's the issue. And I think that a few reviewers highlighted that, you know, after the first few episodes of it's going to be hard for people to really connect with him and his struggles because it's, you know, to me, it's, it's the issue I have with like almost famous. It's like, well, you're, you're living the dream. You've got no right to complain about anything. And yeah, your challenges aren't really challenges people can relate to like, eh, quit, quit your wine and enjoy the dream that you're living. Uh, yeah, you can go fight crime, but really your struggles, we, you know, it's not there. So that's, and we don't, he's a one trick pony as yeah. a superhero, 
right? He doesn't have the he doesn't have the Bruce Wayne benefit of no. being incredibly wealthy and having the entire sort of science department, engineering department of his company, you know, making amazing gadgets for him and repurposing them. Like yeah. we, we come back for that candy uh, because we've already forgiven the first world problems of Bruce Wayne, yes. and we sort of got over that hump. And I don't think we we're ever getting over the hump when Iron Fist as a character doesn't give us enough to come back to once you've seen the first you know season yeah like uh, oh I, here's here's my fist wait hold on just i gotta recharge give me a here's minute my fist again <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly when, when you know with jessica jones we have so much ripe opportunity for character development because she is so damaged oh yes, uh, yes. and uh, she's wonderful and the same thing with sort of luke cage we have so much of that wonderful um kind of tapestry of uh the race issues that they keep bringing up and like his the way he sort of works the introducing us to this community that so many of us are are you know maybe not familiar with like there's just it, it's just a, a much more sort of um uh, interesting uh well and and you know season three of uh uh daredevil's coming back at the end of this month and that's yeah. another one like the whole idea of the blind uh superhero is is so interest so much more interesting than glowy fist that yeah well yeah um, ex- exactly it's like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, a story about you know somebody that's like Jared Kushner just not going to get you know a sympathetic audience. You know, I did enjoy Daredevil, or I did enjoy the Defenders though, and that's why you know See, I haven't I, gotten around I, to that one yet. That's one where I you know it's it's there on my list. I'm like, okay, that's the great thing about Netflix. I don't have to worry about it going away. Like you know, other mm-hmm. series on Hulu or network stuff. I'm like, oh geez, this hurry. this this could yeah. disappear. I never know when this is gonna leave streaming forever i i i know it's always there it's sort of like you know even though i've got a whole bookshelf of books that i haven't read i'm going to pick up new stuff at the bookstore even though i know there's a whole bunch of marvel stuff on netflix that i haven't watched there's other stuff i'm going to watch first because i know it's always there waiting for me when i when i when i'm ready for it well you know you should get around to it because i think it was a good first season and i actually think that danny rand would make a great supplemental character in defender season two like i can totally see him in that property because we have you know that's much more about the the sort of writing wrongs you know we're not we don't have to hang our hang so much on whether or not we love that character um because we're we're in it for the team up and the story and yeah. and you know who they're fighting and in this case i i can totally see defender season two with finn jones back as danny rand and uh actually not have to worry about yeah um you know old glowy fist getting right. in his own way okay so All that's right. that's my uh that's my my okay. take All sad right. i hadn't heard that it was canceled yeah. it's, it is a little bit sad but yeah and I have a second piece of news that's trailer rela- it's trailer related because it's a trailer that we're not talking about. But this weekend, oh. the uh, it's it's more of a teaser for uh, Disney's live action Aladdin uh, is out yeah. there now. Uh, and I'm going to read this tweet to you uh, from writer Terry Rossio, who says, mm-hmm. "So strange that literally the only words spoken in the new Aladdin trailer." happened to be a rhyme that my writing partner and I wrote, and Disney offers zero compensation to us or to any screenwriters on any of these live-action remakes. Not even a t-shirt or a pass to the park. I don't know. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting you you base with these live-action ones that they are. Uh, you know, it gets into that weird... Uh, ownership that disney has over these sort of like fairy tales and folk tales of you know they're it's you know not original stories everything's always being borrowed from you know older sort of public domain things and now you know disney has always claimed rights to these stories and now it's forever and ever amen in perpetuity any media throughout the universe (laughs) exactly and so now we've got a case where they're you know breed you know, redoing their own stuff. So again, who's the owner of that content? These screenwriters that actually wrote those those original scripts off of that public domain, and is that something that is its own unique expression? Then, if they're borrowing from that, do they owe those original creators any anything at all? 
Uh, I think what's interesting is that here it is a it's a line of dialogue that is you know famous. It's the you know the the cave the and diamond little, in the rock. Yes, right? exactly. It's not like oh, it's you know he's not taking issue with oh the story and, and similar pop points. It's I we wrote that line of dialogue. Those are yes. our words that we put on paper, and we're getting no recognition for that. So and it's interesting he's taking on Disney. Uh, you know, he, Disney owes uh, Ted and Terry a lot. They are the ones that, uh, you know, started the whole, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. They were the writers on on that. And that became huge. So him going up against uh, Disney is is interesting. Uh, not sure how this one's going to play out, if this is going to get into legal issues with the Writers Guild or if this is just going to be Disney uh, throwing its money and muscle around and saying, no, this is ours and you you worked for us. You don't own anything. So. What do you think about that, though? I mean, personally, and I, because I do struggle with I, I struggle with it on both sides, like on on one side, I can totally see Disney's perspective. They own it like they literally own it. It's not mm-hmm. like, um, you know, Chevrolet uh, sends a thank you card to the person who uh, designed <laughs> the Corvette every time they sell right. one. Right? right. They bought it. They you don't. It's not yours anymore. So uh, if you sold those rights to that you've lost claim to it you've lost claim even for a thank you right it's not yours so i i get it i i get feeling bruised by it but i also yeah. you know i mean this is and i hate that i am actually that you have forced me to come down <laughs> to the side of big media i hate it because i as an independent creator i hate it but you have you have put me here steve <laughs> well it, it it is interesting because it's it you know the film industry and ownership of, you know, intellectual property and what, what a screenplay is because, you know, what a script is, is one thing. And then the, then there's the actual art that is created from it, which is the execution of that. So yes, they wrote these words. Disney turned it into the movie Aladdin based on basically these blueprints, uh, you know, the screenplay. And so who owns what, uh, Disney does. Right. Disney bought the blueprints. Right. Well, it, did they buy them? Do they buy the rights? And that's that's always the issue of, you know, ownership of that. Does yeah. Disney own the rights to that screenplay? Or is it Disney owns the rights to make their version based on that? And that's where, for me, that's where the WGA needs to get in, involved in figuring this out. Because, yeah, I agree. You were You created something and you were paid for that. But what exactly yeah. were you paid for? Was it you lose all rights to that? Is this a you know commissioned piece where you are signing over everything? Say, well, I'm creating it for you. I'm letting you buy my expertise to do something for you that I no longer own. In which case, then why do we even have attributions to you know who who designed the Corvette? We we have no idea, but we know who wrote these movies. So if Disney owns it, why would they? Why do we even have the issue of of authorship of story and screenplay? screenplay credits if disney or whatever studio actually owns those because we should remove remove those because those individuals don't own it why do they need credit because it's not theirs there's no ownership for them so it's well i i think that's the trick because you know i i have to come at this because i'm you know as a faculty member of a university that has asked me and paid me to create content that is taught by other instructors right it's a very similar model yes that I am created to, or I am created. <laughs> they, they, they molded me out of the yes. raw stuff of universe. Uh, I, I am contracted to come in and say, build this class. Now, the contract that I agreed to sign, that I use the weight and magic of my own five digits of my right hand to sign my name and make my mark on this contract, this binding agreement, says I am creating this. For money in exchange for which I promise I will not seek credit for this elsewhere. I won't try to teach this on my own. I won't try to do this anywhere else for another university. I'm doing this for my institution to do with as they see fit and remold it to teach it in other mediums, uh, whatever they choose to do, whether they're doing this on, you know, online or in space, right? Now, 
I have done that exactly once. And I haven't done it again because that is an enormously restrictive agreement. So I made a choice saying that my value is in my interpretation of this content. I'm not going to do this again for you because the stuff that I create for my classes, I want to retain ownership of it so that if I leave and when I leave, I can teach what I know in my head uh, elsewhere. So that's the, the, where I feel like we're stuck that these people who wrote this wrote it under a contract for which they have been paid and they chose to sign their name on that contract to make yes. their mark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't understand how they come back and, and complain about it. I don't feel like that's necessarily justified unless there is a legitimate claim of theft. Then yeah. I, 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 I don't I don't feel like it carries a lot of weight. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I think there's issues of who owns what and what creators are entitled to when something they've created is then you know modified because those those modifications couldn't exist without the original work um uh, so this you know if if i make something uh this you know whole intellectual property my my wife designs t-shirts she took some things from taylor swift and modified them made them her own and the the taylor swift legal machine came down and said no you cannot do that you do not have the right to take something that we own and make it your own and profit from that so i look at it from that side and yeah you know now i agree there is the there is the whole prior existing relationship between the writers and, and and disney and without without knowing what the nature of yeah, the that, agreement is say, there's yeah. a huge assumption that, yes. that i think we're, yes. we're both making i know yes. i am yes that that you know there was that that all of these stipulations do exist right. in a contract right. when yes. they sold that thing that they're, right. they're just they're done yeah like when you sell it you're done right and you you don't even get a thank you no. like that's well, what you're getting paid some, for. sometimes you, thank you. Some, sometimes you get a credit that says original characters buy yeah. so yeah but, but and, the and fact that there's I mean. like there's not even that though there's there's not even and original characters by contract. Yeah, it could right? be. Yeah, it could be. And, yeah. and it's also possible that we're we're a year out on this movie. Yeah, like it's possible that final credits are going to come out and it's going to have that. So, but I do think it's a it's an interesting conversation, and I don't know. I it's it's hard for me to. Uh, I do I do know <laughs> the feeling of wanting to hear somebody say thank you. This was great. That stuff you did was great. And yes. now we're we're re. We're spinning it up and we're we're doing something with it that should be equally magical and it couldn't have existed without your contribution. Right. So I totally feel that. Yeah. Um, ugh, what mm. a gross thing. Yeah. Business sucks. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> well, that's why it's called show business. Not, <laughs> not show friends. Show Jerry. friends or show art or show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Uh, oh, I have my. to give a quick shout out to uh, Nick Langdon as a show of great thanks because I was shocked and awed. Shocked and awed, I tell you, that we did not bring up the Beastie Boys body moving uh, during our conversation on Danger Diabolic. Uh, link in the show notes here. You got to go watch this video because these guys, the Beasties, uh, are uh, big fans of Danger Diabolic and they essentially recut and absorbed danger diabolic into their own video and they are in essentially danger diabolic they were uh, so <laughs> i mean it's just a magical video you got to go check it out and uh, if you're whether or not you love uh, danger diabolic you they they t- went to great lengths to uh, fit themselves into this movie for this video so uh, it's it's worth checking out oh i i, I watched that video and now i don't even know if i need to see the movie because it seems like I got a nice little condensed, summarized version yeah, of it there. You got yeah, enough. Yeah. You got enough. That's possible. I think you. I think you would uh, find a, a way to enjoy the movie. Uh, it's it's fun. It's okay. Fun. All right. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, are we ready for trailers? We are Is ready for we trailers. Are? We're we're in trailer trailer t- trailer territory here. Do we have anything that would determine who should go first? No. There's no. No red band, no A twenty four, nothing. No, I think it, then we should we should uh, fall to alphabetical by last name, <laughs> and that means you would go first, Steve Sarmento. Okay, you know we're in a weird spot for trailers. It's like one week there's just a ton of stuff, and the next week it's like, eh, there's not really anything out there. But I did stumble across something that is 
was sort of really interesting to me, not only because of the cast, but because of the story. And this is, uh, well, coming out next month. Now, it says November 16th, and what it says limited release and also internet. So I'm not sure where this is going to show up, if this is just going to be a straight to, uh, you know, iTunes and digital purchases. But this is a film called Jonathan. And the setup on this is that Jonathan uh, is one person. And when he gets home, he goes to sleep and he wakes up and there's a breakfast for him and a video about the other part of his day. And he's got basically two consciousnesses living in one body. So sort of like uh, it reminded me a little bit of Fight Club where you've got, you know, you're one person at one point in the day and another person in Throughout the trailer, we see that there's a, a conflict that starts to arise between these two personalities. There's a girl involved. Uh, this is Ansel Elgort as Jonathan and Patricia Clarkson as either his, I believe, maybe his therapist or doctor that's sort of helping guide him through this, how to manage your life when you're two different people. And uh, Suki Waterhouse as the girlfriend of one of these personalities uh, just falls into that mind bender type of story. I love this idea. I am just so concerned and cautious about how this story is going to resolve itself in the third act, because I think this is a setup that just lends itself to what a great idea. We're going to create a conflict between these two people. There's no, no good way that this is going to end that I think is going to satisfy everybody. And that concerns me that that you either go strong with with one way of resolving this that's maybe going to be a little bit unconventional and may you know alienate a lot of people or you go with a more conventional ending that I think is going to really undermine the the concept. So I I'm intrigued to see how this this plays out. I think it's got a, a great cast. This is from director Bill Oliver. I think this may be one of his f- first uh features. Uh so not a name that I'm familiar with but assembled a really solid cast here and just has a great look about it, a great tone to the trailer that uh, really grabbed me uh, from the beginning. I wasn't sure uh, if this was going to be one of these, uh, oh, here's a ca- here's here's some actors that are just, you know, doing something for the money. Uh, I wasn't sure if this was going to, you know, be what I hope, but as the trailer played out, I thought this, the stakes are ramping up. This looks really interesting to me. Yeah, I, it looks really interesting to me, too. It's sort of a reverse Gattaca, right? Where you have two guys <laughs> pretending to be one. Yes. I, <laughs> I couldn't help but kind of think about it. Who does the peeing in their relationship? <laughs> uh, a, a, anyway, I, I, I found myself really um, uh, excited about it. It's it, it kind of right up my alley, too. Um, but love the cast. Love the fact that we get uh, uh, Matt Bomber's. Oh, in, yes. In Matt Bomber, movie. too. You know, it yeah. looks really great. Uh, it, I, I think there's um, there's just a, a lot to like about it. And of course, Ansel Elgort is uh, continuing to uh, choose some really interesting properties. And uh, I just feel like everything that he has done uh, getting out of uh, the the divergent sort of stuff has been really fascinating uh, and uh, just that he's just making some really great choices. So yes, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. excited to excited to see it. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in November. If this is one that, I mean, this could be a potential trailer rewind in, you know, December, January, if this is going to be out there on uh, streaming right away. So I, I'm not yeah. sure what, uh, you know, why this approach, but we'll, we'll see what we get. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, maybe it's a little birthday treat in November. We'll see. There you go. Well, this was uh, the week to troll uh, future trailer rewinds uh, for me, too. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, I am. And, and, you know, speaking of actors who got out of their early oh, giant, giant yes. properties and are making great decisions. Yes. Uh, I bring you Robert Pattinson, who clearly uh, is has jumped way out outside of his, uh, you know, his vampire days and is. Uh, some just crazy interesting stuff in this film high life from uh writer director claire denis uh this is claire denis first english language uh film which is very exciting uh pattinson plays uh a, a one of many 
prisoners, uh, criminals, who they're they tricked into believing that they'll be freed if they participate in this mission uh, to um, go find a new energy source near a black hole. And at the same time, they're being sexually experimented on by the scientists who live on the spaceship with them. So it, it's it's dark. It's a little bit dark. Uh, and uh, but it, it looks really good. And they they worked with uh, Aurelien Barou, who is a French physicist and black hole expert who uh, lended his credibility and expertise in making the science legit. And uh, there is a Danish Icelandic artist who designed all the spacecraft for the film uh, inside and out. Olafur Eliasson, uh, which is, I'm sure, butchered. I apologize to our Danish Icelandic friends, uh, but it, it has a really interesting look to it. And I, I got to tell you, I'm really looking forward to this movie. I, I love this sort of new approach to or any any kind of new approach to um, uh this sort of space and science and and the artistic interpretation of both on screen. So I think it looks great. The cast is uh, fantastic. Of course, I didn't mention even Juliette Binoche is in it. Andre Benjamin is in it. Mia Goth is in it. Uh, Lars Eidegger is in it. It just looks fantastic. What do you think? Oh, yes. This I, I thought. Oh, why haven't I heard about this? Uh, this, I love science fiction. You put something in outer space and I'm a hundred percent in usually. And then just the crazy approach to this of sure. It's your little, you know, penal colony in space, but the fact that it's, it reminded me a little bit of moon, except instead of cloning people to sort of keep things going, it's like, Oh, we're going to, you know, basically have, you know, find a way to reproduce the prisoners so we can sort of keep this experiment going, I guess, towards mm-hmm. the black hole. I, there, it's not clear what's going on. Clearly things go off the rails at, at one point, which love to see. And the idea of a small group of people isolated gives a lot of opportunity for some great character stuff. And that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing from, uh, from this cast. I think there's, uh, from the notes that I see on IMDb, the, the script, I guess initially was really skeletal. So something that sort of just organically developed with this cast, with this sort of concept. So there, there's risk there, but I think just great talent that, uh, knows how to, how to deliver. So I'm really, really looking forward to this uh yeah i think uh jj would be all on board for this one oh, yeah. as, as well so th- this does this have a u.s release date because i saw the trailer was although english it was all you know french subtitles so i didn't know if this it's has all french subs yeah. yeah um the uh you know the um I'm, I'm stalling just a little bit because i think it is still playing. Did the New York Film Festival close yet as we record this? It, it In fact, it closes in two days. Oh, okay. Uh, New York right. Film Festival is it's playing there in the festival now, um, which, you know, sorry, if you're in New York, you have two days to go see this movie. If it's even still in rotation <laughs> and it hasn't closed yet, uh, it, it's going to drop in. Uh, it's still playing at Busan International Film Festival in South Korea, uh, Germany, Spain. It's It opens today in Spain. Uh, and then France, uh, Belgium, Poland, Spain, Portugal, uh, it, it's on the festival circuit. The first uh, okay. uh, actual theatrical release is in France on November 7th and uh, a Russia on March 7th of 2019. So we're not going to get it in theaters. Um, at least there's nothing on this in, for a theatrical release in the U.S. Um, so it's, it's playing the festival circuit and they're yeah. looking for U.S. distributor to pick this up. But I think with this, exactly. with this cast, it's... Somebody's going to snatch well, this, this up. This kind yeah. of festival attention—it's yeah. getting—it's uh, getting solid reviews, and these are not small film festivals that no. that want yeah. to see this movie. So it's getting a lot of visibility, uh, you know, hopefully by all the right people. So right. Uh, I'm very excited about it, and hopefully we'll get to see it in early 2019. Oh yes, uh, but check out yeah. this trailer; it's it's compelling. Uh, oh, it yes, looks, looks really good. Very very much so. A lot of strong visuals on this one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, Steve. All right. Let's talk about these lists. Okay. Now, you you had to do some uh, gaming. You gamed the list. <laughs> it was a tie, and I had voted for both options. So I said, well, I got to come up with a list. So I'm taking back one of my votes. So I get to, yeah, I get I get to decide. You, you know, we talked, we joked a couple You're weeks ago. We, t- we said we need a more authoritarian <laughs> approach to this, and you joked, and I made it happen. 
<laughs> like, no, the people don't get to decide. I decide. I I am here to bring you my list, and I will tell you what that list is going to be about. You're the ultimate thug. <laughs> yes. I can't believe you just said that. You joked. I made it happen. Like that is that is straight out of the greatest regime movies. You joked. I made it happen. Oh my goodness! That's going to be our new tagline of the show. This is the there next we go. Deal. You joked. We, we made it happen. happen. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh. Uh, don't, don't give them any. Right. Don't give them any ideas. No, we've already got. The, we've got the Swedes taking over. You don't know what Nick's gonna do. My Nick favorite. Langdon's gonna do. He he's gonna you know throw some jokes at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we're we're gonna have to make it reality. No, you you've just flipped that equation of you joke. We make it happen is now again another power <laughs> shift. No, no. We, we I I took the initiative to take that joke. I'm not putting us in a situation where if you joke about something we're going to make it happen although <laughs> oh, yeah. we do all, I'm not proud of it we do love I'm our listeners that's the way it is yeah we do love our <laughs> listeners and usually they come up with some really great ideas so like in all likelihood if you guys joke about it we're going to say well why not oh, okay. why not it's a good idea we're <laughs> the, the well is tapped out here right. we'll, we'll see what you've got <laughs> All right. Where would you like to start? Oh. Uh, first, you have to tell us a little bit about what, uh, how you came up with this uh, fancy list, because I was not here. Oh, this is this is. Oh, it's it's Andy. This I didn't because I haven't <laughs> seen any of these movies. So I think he said you guys got together and talked to talked about these options. You know, it's it is possible that that happened uh, because we were doing the show off of Danger Diabolic, yes. uh, the Italian uh, spy uh, comedy, and I say comedy in air quotes. And we talked about uh, we talked about the kinds of things that we could come out of this. The first one was comic book adaptations, and we limited that anything that is non Marvel or DC. Right. So we wanted to get out of the big universes. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, and the second was secret layers because Danger Diabolic has a fantastic secret layer. Oh yeah. Uh, and the third is spy comedies. We were gonna we we're gonna double down on on funny spy movies that that we have liked over the years, and that is where we ended up. Yeah, and it came down to it was a five to five split, and so I said, "Fine, I know a lot more spy comedies than non Marvel or DC comic book a- adaptations." Although there was in in one of the channels some discussion about that, and somebody pointed out that yeah. uh, what was it, Weird Science, the John Hughes comedy, it was, was based uh, on a uh, comic book. Joe Miha, Joel came in with yeah. a fantastic backgrounder on Weird Science. And this from Wikipedia. Weird Science was a 1985 movie produced by Joel Silver, who acquired the film rights to EC Comics in the early 80s. The plot was the 1985 Weird Science film is an expansion. The plot of the 1985 Weird Science film is an expansion and modernization of the basic premise of Al Fieldstein's story, Made of the Future, in the fifth issue. Uh, Weird Science was a title of EC Comics anthology series with a sci-fi horror bent in the 1950s. Wow. What about that? Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I had no idea. No idea. And he also had a bunch of others, just to, because that one didn't get uh, selected. Uh, the Rocketeer, Road to Perdition, History of Violence, Men in Black, Ghost World, Weird Science. Uh, he's right. That, that could have been a great list, but we didn't go down that road. No. And that was not my favorite one. My favorite one was Secret Lairs well, in movies. Is that your... And nobody picked that. The robot picked that. <laughs> The the pole robot picked that one, yeah. And so there you go. So we're uh, so we landed on spy. Comedies. We landed on spy comedies, which I, I I for me at least puts us in a certain era in this country when you're you know when when are you going to be making fun of of spies and espionage and all of that uh, when you're when you've got to find a way out of it because it's just you're it's it's an oppressive environment and it's it's scary and so you've got to you've got to laugh at it because it's the only way to deal with it so i think most of my stuff is i started in the 80s is where i started because oh, yes. there's there's so much there because we're in the middle of the cold war and it's just so much you know daily fear uh that you you've got to find ways to laugh about these things so that's where i started but i did uh did branch out and found on some other options in in other decades so we've got a a, f- a few ways to go about this one. Well, I I also started in the eighties, and uh, normally I would be worried that when you just mentioned the eighties, that that would be a steal. But there are so oh many gosh. of them yes. that actually I don't even we couldn't even begin <laughs> to 
think about spoilers yet. Uh, so why don't you kick it off? Okay. So I'm going to start us off in the 80s, in the mid-80s, actually. And this is one that I have not seen in a very, very long time. Saw it on cable, one of these things when you know HBO and Showtime were you know out there. And that's where you went to, to see things that disappeared from theaters. And this is uh, a story that starts off in a college. Uh, with a, a student that's playing a little game called Gotcha with paintball guns. And this is <laughs> Anthony Edwards and Linda Fiorentino. And he heads off to Europe and gets involved in stuff with the KGB. And uh, I just remember loving this idea of, you know, running around on a college campus with, you know, little play guns, you know, playing, a, you know, assassination with each other and then the fact that wow you could then travel to europe meet beautiful women and have a life full of adventure like james bond when you're 14 years old what what greater thing could you see on the screen of like this is every kid's dream uh i have not seen it in probably 30 or so years so i have no idea how well this holds up how dated it's going to feel but i just remember having so much fun with this uh taking something serious and making it great entertainment for teenagers in a really fun and, and light way i think i think so too uh, and and i i can't believe that it exceeds the imdb six star rule but it does <laughs> Just barely knows is right <laughs> over the edge at 6.2 and that it may be the most uh wonderful bit uh, that comes out of this, that I feel like this warrants a rewatch. I can't believe it. Uh, but uh, I would like to join uh, Jonathan and meet the sexy Sasha. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what a crazy little uh, game of uh, time travel that is. So, uh, and Anthony Edwards with that blonde hair. Oh, yes. With hair. Yes. With hair. <laughs> with hair. Good pick. Uh, all right. My first, I'm also in the 80s. I'm also smack dab in the middle of the 80s. And I am in the middle of the 80s for a movie that where sequences have stuck with me. Quotes have stuck with me that are still in canon for me uh, to this very day. I use these with my kids. They have no idea <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> There's a, I have a thousand dollars in this wallet. Or do or don't I? Right, you know this is the, my my very favorite uh, of the mid eighty spy movies. I refuse to watch it again because my memory of it is so good. That is Spies Like Us, nineteen eighty five. Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd uh, are uh, uh, they're uh, goofball uh, pretend spies. And I, for me, everything I learned about yes. cheating on tests I learned from this movie. That is my favorite sequence: the testing scene in which Chevy Chase is taking the Foreign Service exam with his broken arm and his eye patch, <laughs> using every possible means to cheat, uh, is just delightful, goofy physical comedy. So uh, I, I still love this movie, and um, I, I think I have, I have very high opinion of, of these guys. Even as the years go on, look at Dan Aykroyd. Where are they now, Dan? Oh. It's, he's done such great, great... Yeah, he had such a fantastic career. Chevy Chase got weird. Uh, in community, <laughs> not gonna lie, oh, got yeah. weird. Yes. It's uh, one of those hard things to be a fan of. But uh, my goodness, uh, this this was a, a real highlight. For oh, me, yeah, this is when you know nerds can save the world. That's yep. you know what what this was uh, was about. And so you know, being a nerdy kid, you're like, wait, I could I could save the world like Dan Aykroyd. And I I could be this you know nerdy guy that's you know relegated to the basement, but my my brains are gonna help me. Uh, went out. There were, and I believe uh, I, I have to verify this. I have not seen it in a long time. There, there, I mean, there's a ton of cameos in in this movie, but I believe I read somewhere that. Like Sam Raimi and Joel or Ethan Cohen have small cameos as like security guards at the at the military base or something like that. Oh, so geez, I mean, I have you, no idea. You've got a ton of other, you know, Terry Gilliam, Doctor, 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 Doctor. Yes. Uh, but oh my, yes, I I love this movie. It's it's probably going to feel really dated, but I think it's it's still a classic in in my book. Yes. So still I love, love that. Yes, excellent. All right. What's your second pick? Okay. My second is, uh, I guess I got to go the family route on this one. Uh, when you have, uh, when you have kids and you're looking for 
fun movies, fun family movies. Sometimes once you get out of the realm of Disney, you uh, you don't have a lot to to look to. So for for me, it was really refreshing when Robert Rodriguez decided to launch his Spy Kids franchise and just go crazy, go nuts with insanity and fun and family and spies uh for me it's just a great family comedy watched i think three all three four of them i I don't even remember how many Mm -hmm. he's got but i loved seeing you know loved robert rodriguez you know desperado all that so when he ventured in the kids realm i was just thrilled that there was another uh sort of another voice out there saying i have kids i know what kids like and i'm going to give you something that that you're you're going to enjoy that isn't the Disney-fied version of something uh, and have kids uh, lead a movie, but to have the parents involved. Because so many times when you've got movies about kids, the parents are absent or they're aloof or they're just comic relief idiots. And for this to have a family working together uh, was so refreshing, a great opportunity to sit down with the kids and say, hey, we, we are a team together. Uh, for me, it was a great message in this movie. And so that's why... I bring Spy Kids to this list. You know the kinds of movies I watch with my kids. Uh, uh, let's see, the, don't you see? Uh, Kingsman, whatever happened to so, Monday? Right. Uh, the things. So, well, it won't surprise <laughs> you to hear that that uh, my son comes to me and says, "Oh man, I know that guy. He was what was he in before Machete Kills?" <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, the, Spy Kids is a fantastic Danny Trejo vehicle. Yes. And uh, I actually I love this movie. I I th- think so, so highly of it. And um, just what it what it is as a as a family movie. And uh, it's one that, that was a, a real um, it was a real catalog piece for, you know, growing up for my kids growing up and watching movies with them and and what fun things you could do with movies and to talk about how uh talk about how they did these great effects and these great practical effects and and uh so anyway i'm i'm really excited about this pick it's great great pick certainly better than my second pick uh which i have to tell you i had desire here to see if I could come up with a list of movies uh, in which the central character was spun off from credit card commercials. Uh, I was able to find I was able to find only one. Okay. Uh, No, not Samuel Jackson, not Jennifer Garner. Their careers all came before their credit card commercials. Yes. Uh, uh, I will say this one did too, but in, in particular this character uh, showcases a one-of-a-kind physical comedian talent. And I, I am not a huge fan of this movie as, as a, a singular entity. It's not a great movie. It's, it's, it, it's averages down over the course of the series, <laughs> okay. in fact. Yes, it's a series. Uh, I'm talking about the 2003 film Johnny English starring <laughs> yes. fantastic British actor Rowan Atkinson. Uh, I think that this this is a perfect vehicle for Rowan Atkinson. It's like uh, for Leslie Nielsen in the, the Naked Gun movies, which also averaged down over the course of the series. But the first one... If you go into the movie thinking this is going to be a great sketch comedy show, like every Rowan Atkinson bit is funny and they don't add up to a great whole, but they're good bits. Rowan Atkinson in the sushi restaurant is one of my very favorite things. He's such, he's this Johnny English. He's so suave and he sits down and he tries to use chopsticks and he can't. And he's the bit where he confuses the truth serum with the muscle relaxant. And you get this just great showcase of him being a goof. Uh, it, it is terrific. These little moments are just terrific. And of course, this character, Johnny English, was a spinoff from the Barclay card commercials. Uh, in which he played Johnny English. And so um, it is novel in that regard. It It's worth seeing if you're in just for some cheap laughs. I often am in for cheap laughs. And so that's why I picked Johnny English. Well, now, you know, in just a few weeks, you can experience a little more Johnny English with Johnny English Strikes Again. 
being released October 26th. I, that's the third one. I think this is a, a, a potential series for, for you and Andy uh, to, to track the rise and fall of the Johnny English franchise. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I do love the poster. Yeah. He knows no fear. He knows no danger. He knows okay. nothing. <laughs> The 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 uh, I, I think the the gimmick of this movie it's it is essentially Mission Impossible One, uh, in yeah. which the knock list right the the non official cover list all the names of the spies have been leaked and so they have to call in all the retired spies yes and uh, of course Johnny English is definitely a retired spy <laughs> and I I don't it. It, it does not uh, does it does not intrigue me. But Johnny English two thousand three also noses right above the six star uh, IMDb six star rule. So oh, it's uh, it's, it's fun. It is it's it's fun. It, it it's one of these where you have to know what you're in for walking into this. And yes, yep. you're going to get exactly what you want, and it's going to be fun, and you're going to have a good time with it. So that's yeah. Rowan Atkinson oh, is brilliant. A delight. Yes, he is. He is a delight. Yes. So all right. All right. Your first, your your number one pick, Steve. Ah, oh, okay. Um, ah, cause as I'm building my list, I'm like, I'm trying to avoid, you know, the steal. So I'm like, well, Pete's probably going to pick that, so I won't pick that. And so I'm I'm weaving my way through, and then I'm finding things. I'm like, oh well, is it more important to just say yes, this is the number one spy comedy of all time, and everybody's in agreement, or is it bringing something that, oh, you maybe haven't seen this, or you've forgotten about this, and I'm going to highlight. It comes down to why do we do the list, right? Yeah. So, uh, um, uh, I'm going to, uh, I guess I'm going to have to go with the tone you set with Johnny English, because there was something a little, little smarter that I was going for, but I didn't enjoy as much, and so I'm going to go with pure enjoyment. And this this may be stretching the spy piece a little bit because there there is some some infiltration and I guess uh, sleuthing and espionage that does go on in one of the most ridiculous comedies ever made in the eighties. The film that introduced oh, the film that introduced us to Val Kilmer, Top Secret. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> That's right. Top Secret. It is a steal. The, the movie oh. that I think, oh, it's a PG movie from the 80s. I can watch this with my kids. Oh, oh, the cow. Oh, oh my. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not even going to give you a backup pick. I'm just going to just jump on yours with this one because I love it so much. <laughs> Uh, and and I also have to note, you did manage to get two of the three movies on your list that actually include exclamation points in the title. Gotcha and Top Secret both include exclamation points in the title, which I think is awesome. Uh, my uh, the there are a number of scenes in this movie that would uh, oh. cement it on the list for me, but my very favorite, the scene I go back to time and again, is the gag at the Swedish bookstore. Oh. Do you remember this? Yes. My very favorite. The whole, if you don't know the gimmick that, you know, often they say, you know, in English, that if you play spoken English backwards, it sounds like Swedish, uh, then you won't, you might not get the joke that's going on in this sequence. But it is so delightful. Oh, yes. Once you do know that and you go in and you realize that they just, they filmed the entire scene uh, backwards. Uh, so like they shot the entire one shot backwards so that they could get this whole gag, um, you know, sounding like it's in Swedish. And when oh they finally gosh. give it away yeah. and our central characters actually slide up the fireman's pole <laughs> in the bookstore, I am on the floor. Yes. I'm on the floor still to this day. It is brilliant. This oh, is yes. a particularly yeah. perfect pick. And it was Val Kilmer's first movie. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally hijacked that. Do you have anything else you would like to say about this? Oh Steve? no, I that's it's it's one that it's so of its era. Uh, it's a movie that you know draws its comedy from so many films that came before it, or playing with those tropes of like the war resistance movies, but also other films that were you know popular at the at the time, like the whole like Blue Lagoon thing of you know being stuck on it. It just it touched on so many things that made it perfect for that year that i don't know coming to it 
If you haven't seen it, if you if you're not familiar with a lot of these touchstones and references, I don't know how well that's the that's the challenge with comedy is that it can be of such an era that it works so well that it doesn't hold up over time. But for me, just seeing this as a kid and all just the visual gags that they just play around so much of like, oh, you can do that or breaking the fourth wall by just, you know staring and turning to the camera after you know commenting on the film that you're in <laughs> just it's totally. so many zany things and i i wish we had more movies like this that did it in such a smart way uh because for me sometimes comedy just starts to play to the lowest common denominator and this is one that, that does that but also goes takes the high route sometimes and for me it's that that solid balance between them and well I I love that this is a pick because it also gets Abrams and Zucker on the um, oh, yes. uh, on the list with Airplane and the Naked Gun in particular. I mean, this is this is one of those picks. But Omar Sharif crushed in a car <laughs> <Yes>. with the, <laughs> the wiper is it's physical comedy that you just you you have to appreciate for what it is. So uh, it's wonderful, wonderful. Well, and the wonderful, fact that Omar uh, Sharif is in this movie when you look at yeah, you look at the cast where it's like okay you you figure you've got a f- you know. Peter Cushing yes exactly <laughs> like what we want you to yeah. we want you in this wacky comedy oh okay sure we'll we'll go for that oh yeah Michael Go before he was Alfred yes. in all the Batman movies <laughs> yes I I absolutely underplay Michael Go's work with 190 <laughs> credits right yes. but really come on he's Alfred yeah. oh yes. <laughs> That is true. Anyway, this is a this is a fantastic pick. Well stolen, okay. sir. Well stolen. Right, thank you. That's it. All right. Now we have to we have to start thinking about what's coming this week. What I uh, I tell you, I don't remember what's coming this is, week. What's next it, uh, on our list? I believe we're kicking off our uh, uh, we we finished our series of sixty eight crime films, and we're moving into uh, our dead trilogy. Yes. Night. Of the Living Dead, 1968's 50th anniversary, and uh, we just passed the 50th anniversary of its premiere just uh, oh, yeah. uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what do you think? Where, where would you go uh, with a set of series Ugh. based on Night of the Living Dead? because oh, you've got <clears throat> you've got three movies you're doing in the series, so we can't can't put all our eggs and chickens in one basket or and consume them all at once. So we've got to got to leave no. something for, you know, let's do zombie movies. Yeah, that it's the same thing with the apes, you know, you you got to you got to balance this out over time here. So what is it? In it? Now I have seen this. <clears throat> it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. But we can either go with, you know, what makes what made this film so successful or is it we look at it from a historical historical perspective and say what are other movies that sort of were the the seedling for a genre or something like that because i think this is the first you know we don't have zombie movies really before this i mean there may have been some in the 30s and the monster movies but this sort of launched a whole you know yeah yeah type of film you know the first Right, and we we talk a little bit about that. The first monster movie was like 1932. Yeah. I think yeah. it was the first kind of zombie movie. But this one defined, sort of redefined a genre based on current sort of cultural uh, gestalt. Yes. Right, what was going on in the yeah. world? It it solidified here with this movie and and the next one uh, that comes ten years later. So, um, you know, we definitely have the rules mm-hmm. here. In this one, though, we do. You know, they they attempt to set aside uh, to set out what causes the rise of the dead yeah. uh and in this movie it is a space disease a disease brought to earth from space i thought it might be interesting to, to see other movies oh that yes are yeah. uh, that start with space diseases space diseases is yes because that's in my wheelhouse with science fiction i can we can have i we can have so. diseases and uh, things from yes catastrophe from outer space yes but i, I like i Excellent. like the diseases yeah, we, we, that could go different ways yeah that gives us room to play well, it yeah. could it could yeah. and it, it could definitely yeah. go a direction that doesn't end in, in zombies. zombies yes exactly as we know them yeah okay all right. all right what do you think what's a what's a good second track here i mean you, you could go with the i mean with that this is the this is the 60s you're going against convention and sort of the uh i don't want to say anti that 
I guess it's not the happy ending. It's like you you expect everything to work out. And for me, that was one of the things when I saw this. Gosh, I saw, think I saw it on like network TV when I was like in seventh or eighth grade, like Halloween, mm-hmm. uh, and just watching this. And like, oh, this is you know, ooh, it's a black and white movie. Oh wow, it's kind of intense. And then, wow, what a downer ending. <laughs> At the end of like, it's not like oh they get saved and everything's fine. It's like, whoa, they shot that guy that they shouldn't have shot. This isn't this isn't how this is supposed to end. So maybe playing around with that idea of the, like, I don't know lack of a better term, an, an unhappy ending or, a, or okay. an unre- I, yeah, I don't know how, exactly how to phrase that, but yeah, when we started getting movies that, that didn't pay off the way we expected them to. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Unhappy ending yeah. movies. Uh, the, the, I was also thinking about one. I mean, there is a cold blooder, blooded, cold blooded child kills mom oh, my gosh. scene yes. in this movie. Yes. Uh, kids kill their parents there we go. in movies. I thought might be an interesting there one. There we go. That, that sounds like a good set of options. Patricide. <laughs> Patricide in movies. Uh, okay. Right. So we've got it. Space diseases, unhappy endings, and patricide <laughs> in movies. All right. Uh, that's our that's our set. And I think, I have a feeling the the challenge here is going to be narrowing it down. I'm not afraid of any of these choices. So that's good. That's right. That feels that's, good. That's why how we exert our control. We give them just like a good parent, I'm going to give you choices. <laughs> I'm happy with either one. You can clean your room or you can take out the garbage. You choose. I'm happy with either one. That's right. That's right. Excellent. You're a gentle dictator, yes. Steve. Uh, what are we? We're gonna. We're off to see the movies. Uh, we're gonna do a little uh, film board tonight. Yes. On First Man. So if you're hanging out, uh, you, you should come hang out with us, and and uh, uh, we'll be in the live show and Discord uh, tonight at. Uh, I think we're gonna jump in there. When do we jump in there? Seven thirty. I think it's about seven thirty. About seven thirty. What? 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 What are we? Pacific. US Pacific. Pacific time. time. Yes, because we do have our United inter- States Pacific International time. time. Yes, because once again, it's all yep. about us. We're, we'll be. <laughs> It's all about time, really, in this case. Yeah, but Uh, we'll be hanging out in the live stream and uh, channel. So uh, we would love to see you there uh, if you are a member of our uh, Patreon group. And so thank you very much to all of you people who are listening to this who are members of Patreon. Thank you so much for help and support and uh, helping us to continue to do this show Uh, after so, so many years. We love love doing it, love hanging out with you guys. So thank you very much. And thank you, Steve, for... uh, Hanging thank out. you, Pete. It uh, looks like I've got uh, some uh, Portland weather. It's cloudy and rainy right now. So thank you for that. Well, it's beautiful and sunny no. here. So you're welcome. <laughs> mm, freaky Friday. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. (laughs) 